Shalom, Meshpocha. This is Sid Roth. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpocha, the family with the Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with a very supernatural guest. And now, here's your host for this program. It's supernatural television producer, Donna Chavez. Thank you, Sid. I'm Donna Chavis, and thank you all for joining us for Messianic Vision today. And what a powerful, and actually for thousands of people all over the world, life-changing program that we have. We're going to be talking about deliverance ministry. Now, it was a key part of Jesus' ministry, and, and some may say, well, you know what, we just don't need it anymore. Well, our guest says we need it today more than ever. He's prepared a user-friendly handbook that will equip everyday believers, just like you and just like me, to effectively cast out demons and set the captives free. Wow, that sounds pretty exciting to me. So please welcome our very special guest today, Jake Kale. Hi, Jake. Hey, Donna, thanks for having me on the show here today. It's an honor to be here. Oh, my goodness. Uh, thank you for being with us and spending some time with us. I started uh, studying and reading your material, and I'm thinking, wow, wow, this is something that is so, so important, but we just don't hear that much about it on a regular basis anymore. So let me start off with, with these questions, Jake. Is deliverance ministry still relevant today, and is it biblically based? Yeah, great questions. Um, well, first, I would say, yes, absolutely. The ministry of deliverance, of, of casting out demons, of freeing people from, from evil spirits is actually very relevant for today, more so than, than we realize. Sometimes we can read the stories in the Gospels. We can see the examples there, but not necessarily connect how it might apply to our lives. But there's actually many people that are under various degrees of demonic influence. And um, yeah, I found that, that deliverance is is very relevant for today, and it is biblically based. It was, it was a very key part of the ministry of Jesus. We see that he did it on a regular basis. We see that he trained his disciples to do it. He commissioned the church to do it. And so, yeah, it is very, very much grounded right in the scriptures and part of the commission that, that Jesus gave to us as his followers. And there wasn't particularly a time that I know of. Now, I can't say I know everything in the Bible, but there wasn't a time where he said, okay, you can stop doing that now, right? In fact, it was just the opposite, right? I mean, at the end of his ministry, uh, as he was about to ascend, uh, he, he, he said, these signs will follow those who believe in my name, they'll cast out demons. So he actually portrayed that this would be perpetuated on. So yeah, you're exactly right. There was never a time when, when he said this would stop. You know, I have never heard anyone say it that way, that, that at the moment he was about to leave us and ascend, he gave that that to the, the people that were watching him go away and said, these signs are going to follow you. I'm leaving, but these signs are going to follow you. And that was one of the signs. Jake, that, <laughs> I've never heard mm -hmm. anybody put it that way before. Thank you for that. <laughs> well, listen, so your book, your brand new book is called Setting Captives Free. And I know the folks that listen to me when I, when I host these podcasts, they know that I'm a title girl. Man, I like a title that just grabs my attention. Setting captives free. Boy, I was, I was caught immediately when I saw your title. Jake, why this book? Why this book? 
Well, yeah, I, I really wanted to, to bring a book that would really bring a biblical foundation for the ministry of deliverance. And, you know, the title, Setting Captives Free, really comes from Isaiah 61, where Jesus, he quoted this, and he said that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him and anointed him, preach good news to the poor, but also to bring deliverance to the captives, healing to the broken heart. And so I wanted to bring a book that would bring some clarity, some biblical foundations, and also just share a lot of modern-day testimonies and stories so that people can, again, see how, how relevant this topic is. And um, yeah, so I just wanted it to be a practical equipping tool that could lead people, not just with information, but really into an encounter with the Lord to experience freedom for themselves and be equipped to minister deliverance to others. And you even used the word uh, restored. You wanted to see this ministry restored back to the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, like we said, it was something that, that Jesus did, and it was something that he passed on to his followers. But it seems like over the course of time, it kind of went by the wayside. And it seems pretty rare today for churches or ministries to really embrace this ministry for various reasons. Maybe it's out of a fear of what will happen. Maybe it's misunderstanding or confusion. Maybe it's the stigma. There tends to be kind of a stigma around this topic, like, oh, I don't want to I think that maybe I need deliverance from a demon. So there's there's just a lot of obstacles mm-hmm. that have been in the way. And so for, for various reasons, uh, the church has not always embraced this ministry. But I do believe God is really highlighting this ministry in this hour because it is so needed. And I think God's wanting to bring it back into the forefront, not that it's everything, not that it's supposed to be the, the only focus. I mean, our main focus is on Jesus, but this is part of what he wants to bring um, back to our churches today. Now, Jake, I, I know you operate in several of the gifts of the Spirit. And now, typically in a meeting when you're going and you're ministering and you're teaching and you're preaching and then you have the ministry portion and that kind of things, I mean, you actually see miracles happen in your meetings. Yeah, yeah, we've seen miracles happen, healings, different types of healings. We've seen, um, I've seen, you know, broken bones healed or um, organs healed internally or even recreated at times. Um, yeah, various types of physical healings. Um, I mean, I would say that deliverance has probably been the most consistent and common miraculous uh, supernatural activity that we see. And even some of the physical healings that I've seen have come as a result of a person being delivered from a, from a demonic spirit. Yes. Now, now, what are we talking about here when, when you say, you know, seeing them set free from bondage? Give me an example of what are we talking about? What, what kind of bondage? Yeah, so I would, I would describe bondage as being enslaved to something. So it might be uh, an addiction, a destructive pattern, a sinful habit. Like one example that's come to my mind is um, a young man that had been addicted to pornography for, for many years, 10 plus years. And I was speaking at a men's retreat and he was there. And during the ministry time, I went and prayed for him. And I just commanded a spirit of uh, lust and perversion pornography to go. And he, he felt like he was hit in the gut. It was like he doubled over and something left him. And he was completely set free from the addiction to pornography. And he actually testified a year later at that same retreat of the freedom that he'd experienced. So in his situation, he was wanting to be free, but there was something that was enslaving him to yes. this sinful addiction. And so he actually needed not only repentance, but, but deliverance from this unclean spirit that was keeping him in this captivity. Right, right. Now, what are some other examples, Jake? 
Yeah, well, there's, I mean, there's demonic influence can really impact a wide range of, of areas. I mean, I've seen anger issues, uncontrollable anger, different uh, addictions or heaviness and depression. Sometimes it's like tormenting fear or anxiety or people that have like intrusive thoughts of, of suicide. Um, so really there's, there's a wide, wide range of, of areas that, that the enemy can try to use to influence us or, or oppress us or keep us in bondage to. Yes. Now, I want to go back and say something else about the ministry of Jesus. He was known as the Deliverer, and this was mm-hmm. not abnormal for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I, I always like to teach from, from Mark chapter 1, because when he first came on the scene there, he was, you know, he was teaching in a synagogue, and he cast out this demon that manifested, and the people were astonished. It was like the first thing that really grabbed people's attention, and they started to spread the word about this new rabbi that had authority over evil spirits. So it really was one of the first things that he became known for was his authority over demons. Yes, yes. So, so is that part of the gospel? Yeah, absolutely it is. Uh, you know, Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. And he said that God's kingdom was at hand, and included in that message was not only forgiveness and and uh, freedom from the power of sin, but also deliverance from the kingdom of darkness. It was really part of the overall gospel that that Jesus preached. And we've often sometimes just reduced that gospel message to only include forgiveness, but really it's more comprehensive than that. It includes deliverance from from evil spirits. Sure. And you know what? You said something a couple of minutes ago about making this a practical handbook, equipping people. And I love that about this because, you know, we we read so many wonderful teachings sometimes and we go, yeah, but what about me? What about what about me? (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. And Sid always says, you know, to us as producers, he's like, yeah, that's a great story. But what about me? What about me? And that's what you have done, Jake. And I know for you to write this book, I feel like it just clears up so much confusion that people have mm-hmm. had over the years surrounding this type of ministry. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, you know, I've found when I teach this topic in different places, people have many questions about it. Maybe they've never heard teaching on it. And so there is a lot of misunderstanding or, or confusion or just a lack of, of teaching on it. And so, yeah, my heart really is to bring biblical clarity that can just lay a foundation for people so that they can really see that, wow, this is relevant, and this is grounded in Scripture, and it's not just some far-out spooky thing out there, but I can actually grasp it and understand it and apply it to my life. Yes. So what, what are some of the areas of influence that, that you find that you see? Yeah, well, there's a wide range of influence. I think I said that a little bit earlier, but, I mean, it can— Demons seek to influence our, our spiritual growth, you know, our, our walk with God. They try to bring barriers or hindrances in our spiritual growth. It can be our physical health. We see examples in Scripture of demons that impacted people's physical health, our emotional well-being, our mental well-being. Demons can try to, you know, torment our minds, even our relationships, our, our relationships with other people. They can seek to bring hindrances or offenses. They can try to bring uh, blocks to our destiny, you know, keep us from really stepping into the fullness of our purpose in the Lord. So there really is a wide variety of ways that demonic spirits can try to influence our lives. You know what? You just said something, destiny. Influence our destiny or keep us from achieving our destiny. And I know you give the example of the children of Israel. Yeah, exactly right. It's a perfect uh, example because... 
you know, when they were enslaved in Egypt, they couldn't step into their promises. So God had promised them this land from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He promised them this, this promised land. But as long as they were in bondage and they were in slavery in Egypt, they couldn't get to that inheritance. They couldn't get to that destiny. And so it was a necessary step for them before they could move into that inheritance was to be set free. And so in the same way, many believers, if they're not set free from demonic influence, will not be able to really walk in the fullness of of God's purposes for their lives. Wow. Wow. Jake, let me just ask you this. Do you love it? Do you just love it? I mean, I hear it in your voice, and I read it in your words, and I, I, I see it when you're teaching. Do you just love it seeing those captives set free? Well, absolutely. I mean, there's just there's something so powerful. There's really nothing like seeing uh, chains of oppression or bondage or torment loose from people's lives. I mean, in so many situations, people you know, have been bound for many years. And they really just believed that they were going to live this way for the rest of their lives. They really thought they could never be free. And so just seeing them experience freedom, it's just, it's so powerful. It, it really never gets old. I mean, just watching God work and just seeing him move. And uh, I mean, his heart is to free people. His heart is to set yes. people free. And uh, I just even sense his presence moving right now, um, even with, with people that are listening. And so if you're listening, I just want to encourage you to know God's heart is for you. He paid the price to set you free. And I believe even as we continue to share and have a prayer time that God's going to move even those who are listening to bring greater freedom to your lives. Yes, yes, amen. I want to go backward a little bit because I I feel like people may see you and they go, yeah, what's his story? What's his story? He's, He's young, he's successful, he's got a great ministry, he's up there preaching and teaching and traveling. But Jake, you have your own story of being freed from captivity, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that, that drives me. I mean, I, I grew up in a great, great Christian family. My parents got saved when I was young, and I, I heard the gospel. I attended church, but it really wasn't that real for me as a life-changing experience or relationship. And I was drawn into sin when I was young. I was exposed to pornography and in in the middle school years and was just drawn into sexual sin and the party lifestyle and really was just walking this double life because I still would have said, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I was just deceived by, by sin. And I was living this, this double life. And uh, when I went to college, it just kind of went worse because now my parents weren't there. And so I was just partying and, and just involved in immorality. And um, at the end of my, my freshman year, I was at this retreat with a campus ministry and I had a, just had a dramatic life-changing experience with God. I was really drawn to genuine repentance as we were studying through the gospel of Mark. I was just, God opened my eyes and began to convict me. And it was like, there was like this spiritual battle going on. And um, I finally came to this point of surrender. And it was a a Mm. deep work of repentance. It was so real. It was personal. It was just, I experienced God's love in a powerful way. But in that encounter, chains of bondage were just powerfully broken from my life. I mean, I was instantly set free from, from this bondage to sin. I mean, pornography was gone, and uh, any, any desire to drink or party was, was gone, and I just became so hungry for the things of God. I mean, I went home from that retreat, and I just started reading the Bible. I made a goal to read it in one year, and I ended up reading the Bible in three weeks. Wow. It was just like so, so hungry. And so, yeah, I was, I was just dramatically set free. It changed the whole course of my life and um, got filled with the Holy Spirit a little bit of time later than that, and just 
you know, and then God began to kind of lead me into this into this ministry of deliverance. Yes, yes. You know, I just feel this. I, I, I know I'm feeling it. I know that you do, Jake. For you, you described that situation of being deceived. You were, you know, mm-hmm. well, you know. I grew up in church. I went to church, but you were so blinded that that you thought it was okay to go party and do the drugs and and all of that kind of thing, and still go to church. And that's just pure deception. I, I just feel like, w- will you pray for those right now for that specifically? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that your Holy Spirit's the spirit of truth, God, and that your spirit brings conviction so that we can turn to you, God. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, for anyone that might be under that that deception, Lord, I just thank you that you bring light, God, you bring truth, and your word says that we know the truth and the truth will make us free. And so, God, any areas where there's been deception that's drawn people into bondage to sin, Lord, we just pray, Lord, let it be broken in the yes. name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let your Holy Spirit move, God, to draw people, godly sorrow that leads to repentance and salvation and freedom and life, God, right now. I pray that it be released, God, over the listeners right now. Move the scales, God. Move the blinders. Move the deception and bring truth, freedom, yes. encounters with you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, I want everybody to know, and they will know as they learn to get to know you more and to read your material, to listen to your teachings. They will learn this, but I want them to know that, yes, you repented, you were restored into right relationship, but God was not finished with you. So, so one night, Jake, you lay down to go to sleep, and what happened? Yeah, so I, I, I'd been asking questions like, you know, how come everywhere Jesus went, he cast demons out of people, but I've never seen this happen my whole life. And so I was, I was hungry for truth. And yeah, one night I, I just, I fell asleep and I, I had this dream. It was a very vivid dream. And in the dream, I was at this all-you-can-eat buffet. I was eating food there and I got up to go to the buffet to get more food. And I, out of the corner of my eye, I, I saw this this man there and he had a very dark appearance, had an evil look in his eyes. And so I I got the food, I I sat down and this man started walking right toward my table. And I remember in this dream, I I stood up and I instantly perceived that he had a demon and I felt this boldness. I felt this power of God just begin to well up within me and give me this supernatural courage. And I just said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out. And the demon left the man, like like he gave like a heave and a sigh came out of his mouth. And his countenance changed. He was filled with joy. And he just began to thank me. And I, I woke up from this dream, and I knew it was from God. I knew the Lord was using this to, to begin to answer some of my questions. Um, but to be quite honest, I was concerned I was going to meet this person in real life because <laughs> I, I didn't feel equipped to do this. I was yes. like, wow, like I, know, I know Jesus has authority, but me casting out a demon, I mean, I, just, I couldn't imagine it. So, so um, yeah, it was, a, it was a process from that point. Where, where God continued to equip me. He took me on this journey, and I began to have other dreams of a similar nature. I would find myself casting demons out of people, but still didn't really have the, the foundations for it. And then uh, one day I was in a bookstore, and I came across uh, a book on deliverance, and it just I picked it up, and I began to read it, and it just really opened my eyes and began to give me the foundations I needed biblically, began to equip me for it. And not long after that, I began to pray for people that were in need and began to see 
uh, them set free from from evil spirits. So it was a journey for me, but I really had nothing in my background that would have led me to this. God really sovereignly did it. And so I just want to encourage people, if you don't feel equipped yourself, or if you, if you feel like, well, I could never do that, that's for other people, I just want to encourage you, no, if, if God can lead me into this, if I can do this, you can do it as well. If you're a believer in Jesus, he's given you the authority and the power to do it. Yes, yes. Now, is, is that one of the reasons that, that you feel so called to, to not just share this, but to also equip others? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, that's one of the reasons why I wrote that book, because for me, it was a book that was so significant. And so just as I was equipped through through reading, I know many other people can be as well. And I really want to equip people, not because deliverance was never just meant to be an exclusive ministry for one person or a specialist. And just like Jesus would equip others and multiply it, that's my heart as well. I want to, I want to see this ministry multiplied so that many more people can, can experience freedom. Sure, sure. Well, let me just take a, a moment right here and tell everyone that's listening about today's amazing resource package that we're offering. It's Jake's brand new book, Setting Captives Free, and his brand new and exclusive audio teaching series, Breaking Chains and Living Free. That is awesome. Now, Jake has prepared three messages that are included in this package, and they are, number one, the truth about demonic influence, number two, Closing Open Doors, which he's teaching you how evil spirits get in and how to make sure those doors are closed so that that never happens. And number three, Three Keys for Deliverance. Exciting, exciting. So remember that this is an exclusive package for our Messianic Vision and its supernatural audience. So be sure to listen for Sid at the end of the program, as usual, to find out how you can get this powerful resource by Jake Kale. Jake, now you, you, you say that it's time that we actually take an honest look at deliverance. Yeah, absolutely. You know, people have a wide variety of responses when they hear this topic. I mean, I found that many people sometimes don't even want to think about it or they think it's too dark. It's kind of a depressing topic. You know, can't we just focus on, on Jesus and not have to deal with this? Some might be fearful about it or skeptical, and uh, there's this stigma attached to it oftentimes. But really, the Bible teaches us about demons and deliverance, and we really need to give the topic uh, the right amount of attention yes. according to, to the pattern of Jesus, because there's just many people that are in need. And if we don't take up this calling, if we don't, as the church, as the people that God has given the authority to minister this freedom to people, if we don't do it, who's going to do it? Yes. And so while our primary focus must be on Jesus and on walking with him, we don't want to be come overly demon-focused, of sure. course, but, but in the process of that, we need to be equipped and ready because people are waiting for this and they're, they're needing it. You know, and one thing that I found so fascinating, I think you, you said this uh, in, in mention a little bit earlier, that sometimes, you know, deliverance is the missing link for other things, too, and, so, and, and people don't know it. They're, they may be struggling, uh, needing restoration or healing or something, and they just can't quite get there. And you say that, that sometimes it's deliverance that's, that's what's missing in order for that to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have found that that deliverance can be the missing link when people might be, maybe it's for inner healing or they're, they're recovering from trauma or abuse. Uh, maybe it's physical healing or even the sanctification process, right? So 
yeah, deliverance can be a, a missing link. It's not the only piece of the puzzle, but it can often be one that's been, been missing. And if we don't get that one right, then that person won't experience that full healing and restoration that God wants for them. Sure. Yes, yes. Well, we've talked about, you know, the teaching, the being the practical and the how-to. One of the things that's so powerful in your book, you're talking to us about truth. And you have a section where you talk about the truths about demonic influence. And I know we don't have time to go into all of them, but but give us a couple of those. Yeah, I'll just, you know, run through some of these. Uh, well, one truth is just recognizing that demonic influence is real. You know, the Bible talks about it openly. It's a reality. But another one is that demonic influence is common. It's not a rare thing, just as it was normal for Jesus. It's actually quite common. And another main truth is that there are certain things that can open the door to demonic influence. And so there's places of agreement or sin or trauma or unforgiveness. There's different areas that can open the door to demonic influence. You mentioned unforgiveness being a way that allows uh, this mm-hmm. demonic influence coming in. Um, give me an example. Yeah, well, I remember I, I ministered to a, a woman, and she had a very traumatic childhood. She had suffered sexual abuse when she was young from, from family members who portrayed themselves as godly. She was forced, actually, to have an abortion, to hide pregnancy. And so it was very, very traumatic, very abusive. And now this was many, many years later, and she'd come for help. And as I was leading her through a prayer of of deliverance, we came to a point of of forgiving her abusers. And that obviously doesn't mean it was okay what they did or that, that it, it minimized it, right. but, but she came to this point of, of forgiveness, of, of releasing. And she just began to pray and tears just began to flow down her eyes. I just began to weep and just the love of God just began to fill the room as she was just verbalizing this forgiveness. And as she forgave, it's, it, it was as if a prison door just opened up in the spirit and she was able to step out into freedom, into healing, into deliverance. And she experienced freedom. Several months later, she actually emailed just to share her testimony of how she was walking in in freedom and in peace. And so forgiveness can be such a powerful way to get free because unforgiveness can put us in that spiritual prison. Yes, yes. And, you know, that that's one of the things that that is so important to me. You just said you led her in a prayer. There are people mm-hmm. that I know because, you know, sometimes I, I, I've had struggles or whatever, and I'm like, I just don't know how to pray about it. I don't know what to say. But actually in your book, Jake, you cover so many specific things with prayer that people can pray along with you. Here's how you pray about that. Here's what you say. Why is that important? Yeah, again, I just, you know, I wanted the book to be practical, and I want to put tools in people's hands. And so when people are praying through different issues, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's wanting to get free from bondage or demonic oppression, breaking soul ties or word curses, different areas like that, I wanted to give people language, not to be a formula, because it's not really about a formula. It's right. about our heart. But sometimes it's important to say things and declare things and pray through some specifics. So I wanted to give people specific direction that they can actually apply to their lives right away. And then I always leave room for people to, to, to fill in the gaps with their own words as well. And so, yeah, it can be really helpful, really powerful for people when they don't know necessarily what to do or how to pray, just to have a basic track to sure. follow and just trusting the Holy Spirit to walk them through that. 
Yes, I, I thought that was extremely powerful when I was reading through some of the prayers. So I know everybody's going to enjoy that, and it's going to be so helpful to them. Now, we're talking about truths here. I know mm-hmm. one of the most controversial truths that I have ever heard about deliverance is, can believers be under demonic influence or possessed by a demon and jake i have to give it to you you tackle it brother <laughs> you tackled it okay yes. well this is yeah yeah you're right that, that probably is the most controversial area uh, when i when i teach on this people ask this question well how can a believer have a demon or, or need deliverance and so i i understand that because i used to believe you know before i was had this understanding and experience in this ministry that a, a genuine believer couldn't have a demon but I think that's based on on misunderstanding of what it means to have a demon and what it means to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. To have a demon, it doesn't mean that you're possessed. I think that's a real important clarification because a lot of the English translations of the Bible use this word possessed, demon-possessed, and really a more accurate translation would be to be influenced by a demon. So a believer cannot be possessed because that word possessed means that you're owned. And when you have given your life to Christ, you've been redeemed, you've been purchased, and so you are now God's. You belong to God. Uh, but there can still be areas of our lives that maybe in the past we've, we've opened the door up, like we talked about before, that, that believers can still be struggling with, whether it's tormenting fears or this bondage we've talked about, depression, different, different areas. And, and so deliverance can be part of that sanctifying process and yes, the Holy Spirit comes to indwell a person at salvation, but just because a person is the temple of God doesn't mean there might be areas in their soul, in their mind, in their flesh that still are ongoing this process of transformation. And so, yes, it is a controversial area, but, but I've seen over and over again, both biblically and, and in practical experience, that Christians can and often do need deliverance to one degree or another. Yes. Well, you know, I, I'm a very visual person. I like an analogy. I like an analogy that I can picture in my mind and picture in my head. And you know what they say, a picture is worth a thousand words. Mm-hmm. But you use some analogies that just bring that home for me, uh, like the repairing of a house. Yes, yes. This is something that God gave me several years ago that's been really helpful in, in just sharing this truth uh, so in, in, in the Bible, the human body is considered a house. God says we're a temple. Evil spirits say, you know, that's my house. And so when a person becomes a believer, they're redeemed from the kingdom of darkness, out of the devil's hand. God is the new owner of the house. But when God purchases us, he, he buys us as is, meaning he doesn't expect us to get all perfect first. Right. He, he's the new owner. He purchases us as is. But the previous owner, who is the devil— did not treat the house very well. You know, it needs renovation. It needs remodeling. Some of the rooms might be filled with junk or need cleansing. And so that those rooms represent different areas or aspects of the person's emotions or mind or flesh that had come under the influence of evil spirits. So deliverance is really just the process of, of shining the light on those areas and then cleaning those rooms out so that the whole house can be clean. And God will walk a person through that through that process. Yes, yes. And you teach about perspective. How important is us learning the proper perspective when we're talking about deliverance? Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to, you know, spiritual warfare, deliverance, is keeping things in that proper perspective. We don't want to be 
ignorant of the devil's schemes and just like pretend like he doesn't exist. On the other hand, we don't want to become fearful or paranoid or overly focused on the kingdom of, of darkness. And sometimes we see those two extremes in the body of Christ where some people will just say, well, I'm just going to ignore the devil and pretend like, you know, we don't, we don't have to deal with him. Yeah, I don't Jesus want to talk about him. I'm just going to ignore him. Yeah, you know, and that would be so nice, but that's just not, that's not reality. And even though Jesus has defeated the devil, the New Testament still portrays that there's an ongoing conflict until the final judgment. And so Paul said we should not be ignorant of the devil's devices, lest he take advantage of us. So, so we don't want to ignore the devil. That would go against the example of Jesus and his commission. Um, but we also don't want to be focused so much on that. So, so we keep our eyes on Jesus, but we're equipped. Uh, we're aware, but we're not afraid. Yes, yes. Ooh, I love that. Okay, I, I kind of feel this whole thing turning around. Okay, we've talked about the influence, and now we're going to talk about, okay, here's what you have. Here's what Jesus has given you. Here's your power. Here's your authority. And I like the way you explain power and authority. Yeah, yeah. In Luke chapter 9, 1, it says Jesus gave them power and authority over demons. And so it's actually two two different things. Authority implies a legal right to perform a task, like you've been authorized to do something. So they were authorized to cast out demons, but then power refers to the ability to perform it, and that comes from the anointing of the Holy Spirit coming upon us to empower us to exercise authority. So they're both important. They're both needed in this ministry. Yes, yes. Okay, I've talked about how practical and important and powerful the teaching is in your book, and I really want everybody to to hear about the keys. You've got some basics, some practical keys for receiving deliverance, and I'm going to talk about those in just a second, but first, Sid and I just wanted to remind everybody listening about today's must-have resource package by Jake Kale. And again, it's his brand-new book, Setting Captives Free, and his brand new and exclusive audio teaching series, Breaking Chains and Living Free. And again, in this audio package, Jake has prepared three powerful teachings for you. The Truth About Demonic Influence, Closing Open Doors, and Three Keys for Deliverance. And remember, Sid will be here at the end of the program to tell you how you can get this resource package by Jake Hale. So be sure to stay with us. Okay, Jake, we're going to talk about keys, and you mentioned three of them, how to receive deliverance. Like I said before, we don't have time to go into all of it, but can you just touch on the three keys to deliverance that you teach? Absolutely, yeah. I always like to say there's no exact formula, but there's basic principles, and these keys are those principles. So one is discerning the presence of evil spirits. We have to know that an evil spirit is there so we can address it, because not every problem is caused by a demon, and some are and some aren't. So discerning the presence of an evil spirit is one key to know that it's there. A second key is discovering and closing any open doors, so repenting from sin and just closing those doors, maybe renouncing the kingdom of darkness forgiving people. So anything that allow the enemy in, it's closing that door. And then that third key is to drive out the evil spirits. And that's through that authority and power that we just spoke of. And we, we command the evil spirits, just like Paul did in Acts 16, 18. He said, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out. And so we use the authority that Jesus gave us. We make commands and we tell the demons to go out. 
Yes, yes. Well, if you're listening and you get this package by Jake Hale, he really teaches these three keys, and I know you're going to love it. But, Jake, as I said, I love an analogy. I like something that I can I can see a picture of. And you, one of the examples you gave about discerning, because sometimes discernment is a little hard to explain, but you talked about mm-hmm. discerning, and you gave an example about, like, walking down into your dark basement and turning on the light. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a great illustration of what discernment's like. It's like you, you go downstairs into a dark basement and you flip on the light switch and all of a sudden you see that there's this deadly serpent that's hiding you know, in the corner somewhere and that, that snake was there the whole time, but until the light was turned on, you didn't recognize that it was there. And so discernment is like turning that light switch on and then it exposes the presence of an evil spirit because evil spirits like to hide in darkness. They don't, it's not always obvious. They like to work in subtle ways. So discernment is so key. It's like turning that switch on. Yes. Yes. Now I know Jake, you have literally ministered to thousands of people in deliverance and, and some of the testimonies are, are just so amazing. I, I know that you said that one of, one of the ones that really stands out to you is a Muslim that was actually delivered from demonic oppression during a water baptism. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was a woman that had been a former, uh, she'd been Muslim. She grew up in a Muslim nation, and she was, was living in our area actually as a, as, as a refugee. And the Lord brought her to himself through a dream, through a vision. She had seen Jesus, and she wanted to get baptized. And so she was at a water baptism service that our church was having. There was a couple hundred people there. It was outdoors at a pond. And as I was leading the group of people uh, in a prayer just to affirm their faith in Christ, and to repent and just to really just fully accept Jesus as Lord. She was praying through the prayer, but I could tell there was a spiritual battle going on. She started crying, and and I could tell she was wrestling through something. She later told me afterwards that she was actually hearing a demon in her mind telling her to, you know, get out of here. What are you doing? You're going to go to hell if you do this. And I also found out later that she'd been oppressed by this demon for many years from the time she was young, and her parents had tried to help her, and she could never get, get free. So here she was at this water baptism service, and she was having this battle going on in her mind. And so I, I, I discerned that something was going on. And so when it came time to, to baptize her, she stepped into the waters, and I began to pray over her, and I began to break the power of evil spirits and command them to go. And she began to shake, and she began to all of a sudden let out this long, loud scream. It was like a, like a shriek. She kind of threw her hand in the air and kind of let out this long shriek. And then I baptized her in the water. And um, uh, I, I asked her afterwards what was going on. And she, she said she literally felt this demon being pulled out from her chest and throat as she was, you know, lifting her hand up and wow. that scream was going out. It was the, it was that demon leaving her. Uh, it was con- you know, confronted through the power of the name of Jesus. And she was set free. It was such a powerful uh, example. Yes. Yes. And that goes back to what you teach us about power and authority, commanding Mm -hmm. and in the name of Jesus. Wow. Mm -hmm. I love that too. I want to mention a phrase that you use, breaking the chains of bondage. You use a Bible story to explain that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes when I teach on this, I'll use the story of Lazarus when he was raised from the dead, because in that story, Jesus gave two commands. First, he said, Lazarus, come forth. And then we see Lazarus emerging from the tomb. He's perfectly alive, but the Bible describes him as still being bound with grave clothes. He was bound around his hands, feet, and his face. And so 
then Jesus said, loose him and let him go. And when I see that story, that to me is an illustration of salvation and deliverance. The first command, raised him from the dead, that represents our salvation. That second command, loose him and let him go, represents deliverance. And what I've seen is that so many Christians today find themselves like Lazarus. It's like they're in between those two commands. They, they, they know they're saved. They know they've been forgiven. They've been raised from the dead spiritually, but there's still things, bondages wrapping around them, and their, their feet are bound. It keeps them from being able to really run the race. Their hands are, are tied up just like Lazarus was. Their faces are, are wrapped up, keeping them from knowing their, their true identity. But God never intended salvation without deliverance. And so that illustration is a powerful story of how they two should go together. God not only wants us to be forgiven, but free. He paid the price for our, our freedom. And so even those who are listening, I just want you to know, God never intended you to only be forgiven, but not experience the freedom that Jesus paid the price for. He wants to set you free. Any grave clothes that are still wrapping around your life, trauma, bondage of oppression, Jesus wants to set you free. Yes, yes. Jake, what do you mean when you talk about established or being established in freedom? Yeah, so uh, it's it's one thing to to get set free, and it's another thing to be established in freedom, meaning you are firmly rooted in it. You are able to walk in that freedom. And so God, he's a God who heals, he restores, he brings freedom, but he doesn't only want us to be delivered. He wants us to be planted. And it says that in Isaiah 61, like a tree of righteousness established and rooted in our freedom. And so sometimes there's a process after being delivered of just our mind being renewed and our, our hearts being uh, tuned to, to walk in that freedom and to learn how to resist the devil. And that's, you know, that's how God redeems. He wants us to get free, then he wants us to stay free. And then I love this part. He wants us to go to set other people free. That's what I call payback, yes. payback against the enemy. And so often the very areas that we were in bondage to or oppression to, God will use us to minister to other people. So, yeah, deliverance is not meant to be an end in itself. It's actually a means to propel us forward in our walk with God, to establish us in freedom so we can stay free, and then we can even begin to minister to others to set people free. Yes, I told you guys this was exciting. (laughs) This is very exciting. One last word, Jake, before we pray and have to close. When you say it's time to step up, what does that mean for all of us? Yeah, so for all of us as believers, you know, God, I believe, is raising up an army to heal broken hearts, to cast out demons, to set captives free. I said earlier, deliverance was never just meant to be an exclusive ministry for one person or just a rare people. No, God is raising his people to be an army to set captives free. And as this army steps up, Demons are trembling, chains are going to be broken, destinies are going to be released, and God is going to send his people to fulfill their their destiny in him. Yes, yes. Jake, thank you for being here. Would you please close us in prayer and just pray for those that are listening today? Absolutely, yeah. Thanks, Donna. Father, we just come together in the name of Jesus. I thank you for every person listening right now. God, I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would come upon them. I pray, Lord, that each one of them would experience your love, God, drawing them, Lord, bringing healing to broken hearts. I thank you for healing to broken hearts right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, right now, by the authority of Jesus' name, I break the power of the spirit of heaviness 
any spirit that's bringing oppression yes. and heaviness, I command to go to lift off in Jesus' name. Lord, we declare a breaking of the chains of bondage as people turn to you, God. Lord, we just declare a closing of the door on the enemy and a release of your freedom. Yes. And I also pray, God, that you would anoint your people, everyone listening, Lord, that there'd be an anointing that comes upon them, the spirit of the Lord to come upon them to set other people free, God. You would anoint your people in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yes, yes, amen. And now here's Sid Roth to tell you how you can get today's powerful resource by J. Kale. You can get it for yourself, your family, your small group, study group, or even your church library. Sid? There is one obstacle that keeps thousands of people from being physically healed or set free. I mean set free in all areas of their lives. It was a vital part of Jesus' ministry. And even more relevant today, Jake Kale teaches that deliverance ministry should be a normal part of our everyday lives. In his brand new book, Setting Captives Free, Jake equips everyday believers to effectively cast out demons and minister freedom to those in bondage. Jake provides easy-to-follow strategies, biblical principles, and real-life testimonies in this powerful, practical, and user-friendly handbook. Whether you need your own breakthrough or you're called to release this freedom to others, you've been anointed to set captives free. Don't miss this life-changing resource. I, I want to emphasize that. This is a mandatory, life-changing resource from Jake Kale. It's his brand-new book, Setting Captives Free, and his brand-new and exclusive three-CD audio teaching series, Breaking Chains and Living Free, all for an investment of only 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-447. 2697. Once again, that's 1 800 447 2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S I D R O T H dot O R G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9725. Once again, that's offer number 9725. 